0: Top five movies of summer 2021. This is Keep Confidential. My name is Luke Kerr. Joining me today, Melody Aikles. Welcome, Mel. Hey, hey. Mo Walker. Welcome.
1: Glad to be here.
0: Dan Pierce. Welcome. How's it going? Pretty good. We are counting down the top five summer movies of 2021. Last summer, we didn't really get a chance to go to any movie theaters because of COVID. This summer, we got to go to some movies in theater if you so chose and felt comfortable doing so. Or there were other alternatives such as Amazon Prime, HBO Max, which released some um, films both either in theaters and online simultaneously or released them just as online um, offerings. For those who are listening, the criteria for this top five podcast is basically the last weekend of April through Labor Day weekend. So any movies that were released during that period would qualify. Mel, let's have you go first. Who do you have at number five?
2: Uh, So let me preface this with saying that my list is based on anything you could watch on stream preferably for free i did not make it to any theaters um mostly because i live in a state where they're not really worried about anyone else's lives so um, if it was on stream i watched it so there we go so my number five is a cute little disney movie called luca um it, you can watch it on disney plus it's super adorable super um, charming it is. It's so cute. It's about, you know, some kids who live in a mermaid, sea monster community. And if they go to the surface, they turn into humans. And one, Luca is our main character. He meets a friend. And they end up finding a kind of a loner girl on the surface. And they all make friends until one friend starts getting jealous. But their whole goal is to win a kid's triathlon so they can win a Vespa. That is their whole, we going to win the Vespa, we're going to be on top of the world, that's what we're going to do. So it's kind of all the trials and tribulations, and it's just so adorable. It it really was kind of a sleeper for me, because I was like, oh, I'll just watch this and have it on in the background, but I couldn't do it. I had to watch the whole thing. Super cute. Um, y'all have little ones, or even big people who are little ones like me, uh, you will enjoy it, but it was great.
0: Luca. it was adorably charming uh the animation was wonderful pixar did a fantastic job mo who do you have at number five
1: well for me and this was maybe a controversial pick i'm gonna go with uh marvel studios black widow um you know i i actually saw this one in theaters i enjoyed uh, us kind of you know Closing the loop on what was Natasha Romanoff's storyline between Captain America Civil War and uh, Avengers Infinity War. I think that, you know, she tried to mark off, you know, as much of that, that ran off of her ledger as she could. It set up uh, some interesting new characters such as her. And I will put this in air quotes, her sister, you uh, uh, Yelena, um, what I do feel like is is that, and, and one one of the reasons why I put this at at number five is because I didn't really feel like it advanced the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, we already knew what was going to happen to Natasha Romanoff at the end of this movie. I, again, I did find it enjoyable. I, f- I found that you know the spy elements were intriguing and so forth. It's just that you know I needed. Something in order for it to be higher on my list, it needed to be something that was in the moment, and that I felt that you know if if uh, Natasha would be playing a much more central role going forward in the MCU, I also probably would have rated it a bit higher as well.
0: Uh, For me, it's not on my list, but I think part of the reason was the trailers I felt were a little bit misleading in terms of the type of story that I ended up seeing. I also felt like you that it didn't further the storyline unless her sister ends up with her own like Disney Plus series. That that would be the only way for me that it, the storyline is furthered. But yeah, I, I get your point. Dan, who do you have at number five? Uh, for my number five, I have The Suicide Squad. I
3: watched this uh, not uh, not in theaters, but rather on HBO Max, and I thought it was super fun. I thought it was a great depiction with uh, a ton of new characters, some old favorites. Uh, I, it did a great job of redeeming uh, certain characters uh, from the previous iteration of the Suicide Squad. Um, I I really enjoy like at this point, Margot Robbie can play Harley Quinn in her sleep uh, and nails it every time. So she did a fantastic job. Idris Elba was great. I. I really didn't see a weak point uh but for me yeah it was it was about number 5 you know it was pretty good but not
0: not at a top tier level um here's your weak point for that movie the fact that you have john cena as peacemaker be a character that's supposedly going to be getting, well, not supposedly, is going to be getting an HBO Max series, and you make him the most unlikable character possible in the movie before he gets his own TV series. Who (laughs) wants to watch a TV series about a straight-up, all-the-time, 110% asshole? I mean, that's the problem with that movie, not to mention the fact that it literally kept the child-killing and possibly-molesting character alive at the very end. I did Agreed. not I did not like Suicide Squad other than Margot Robbie and Idris Alba. Margot can do no wrong. Idris was fantastic, but I did not like that movie at all. Coming in at number five for me is a movie that I never, ever, ever, ever thought I would watch, and I did. And that's the Candyman sequel. Um the acting was amazing. The cinematography was fantastic. The score kept you immersed. It was a lot of fun. I took a blanket with me, held like in the to the theater, and I cowered beneath it a good chunk of the movie. But when my head was peeked out from underneath the um, blanket, I enjoyed the parts that I had. I did think that it was going to end slightly differently um, because the girlfriend's arc in the story was about the shame of everything that was going on with her father and her father's art and his suicide. And I thought that the culmination of the storyline was going to end up being the Candyman um, appears at her father's art showing. Like she was going to end up having an art showing and then both her present with her boyfriend was going to converge with her past in her father's art showing. That's where I thought it was going to go. It didn't quite end up that way. Um, I'm not sure what the animation was called for the closing credits, but it was creepy and it was fantastic. And I love how the film intertwined many different, shall we say, atrocities um, against various Black people over history into the mythology of Candyman. I thought it was done really well. Uh Mo, who do you have at number four?
1: Well, for me, my my number four is an, an anime, uh, anime film. It's called uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway. It was uh, released on Netflix on July 1st. So I just want to make sure that, you know, I am... A bad and bad of rules, Luke. So uh, if you are familiar with Mobile Suit Gundam, it is a an long-standing anime property. This film- Isn't
0: anime by definition television? I don't know that much about anime, so I'm asking this partly out of... No. Ignorance no, and partly are, out of sarcasm. No, there are
2: anime comics, there are anime anime yeah. TV series, there are anime movies. It is a whole. So there are world. movies. Okay, because yeah. oh, I, no, no, no. I, yeah, yeah. I knew there were books,
0: yeah, books. I knew there were books and comics, yeah. and but I always thought it was like comics, books, and television shows. I didn't realize no, 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 there no. were theor- theatrical release oh, movies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Okay.
1: The real thing. Yes, yeah 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 Because because this film was released in Japan and on June June eleventh of this year and um and uh ne- like i said netflix got the release for this particular movie it'll probably be here in the states usually typically what happens is they will uh release these films in theaters here for do a limited run release probably about uh six to eight months maybe even up to a year after it hits uh the screens in japan but for something like like Netflix has been making a really big push with Gundam lately, and and to the point, especially and it ties into this new Gundam Hathaway film, is because Netflix has secured the rights to the original Gundam films, and in the lead up to this, what uh, Netflix is, was doing is is that they they, ha- they aired those, they, they they released those, and. The central character of uh, Gundam Hathaway is uh, Hathaway Noah. He appears as a child in one of the older Gundam uh, films, and his father, Bright Noah, is one of the lead characters throughout the throughout the beginning of the original Gundam series. Not any of these alternate iterations. Now, the interesting thing is the protagonist. Typically, the protagonist in in Gundam, if you are familiar with this series. They, they fight in these big mechanized suits of armor. Uh, it's a lot of space battles, space opera and so forth. What I find interesting about this is, is that the lead, uh, Hathaway, he takes an interesting turn from what, where his family, uh, came from. His family were known as, uh, they were, they were part of the military, the, the, um, the elite military establishment. And, He's more—he's an outsider. He's running, a, a quote-unquote anti-anti-government operation, a terrorist organization. And throughout the film, it's very there's a lot of these noir aspects to this film th- that I really like. I—I uh, I, again, I love the fact that it does tie into the mythology of the um, original G- uh, Gundam Mobile Suit series, the animation. It's very crisp. It looks the, the mecha suit battles are 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 fun. Honestly, my only complaint about this film is that I wish there were more mobile suit battles. I, I think that but my understanding this is part one and that there's gonna be a sequel to this, but you know, as a Gundam fan, you know, I we haven't had a mobile suit Gundam ongoing series in about five years, roughly. We've been just getting these movies. Most of them have been tying into various properties and so forth. But again, if you are a fan of Gundam, I suggest you watch those older films, especially Charles uh, counter Counterattack on Netflix, and then jump on board Hathaway.
0: Dan, number four? Uh, my number
3: four I chose based on Mel's encouragement. I am choosing Mortal Kombat. I loved the release of mortal Kombat on hbo max it was such a new way of telling the story through a new character like cole and getting to see all of the favorites you know the the origins of scorpion and the origins of uh sub-zero and uh raiden and all just so many of the favorites i really i really loved it Uh, macabre Brooks as Jax, I, I couldn't get enough of his early scenes. And then I'm like, he's going to get his arms ripped off and then they ripped off his arms. And I'm like, okay, you know, he's going to get the metal arms. It's going to be great. Uh, I, the, the effects were fantastic. The choreography was incredible. Uh, I, I, I just had such a blast and I can't wait for more. And I'm really, really glad, you know, this, this movie in particular, it would be so easy to be like, "Yep, we're going to start out with a Johnny Cage movie as like the main character. And instead they pivoted and they're like, no, no Johnny Cage. We're not doing Johnny Cage. And then we tease Johnny Cage at the end of the first movie. It was perfect. I loved it. And I can't wait for more from the Mortal Kombat universe. Mel, number four.
2: My number four was already mentioned, but um, I'm going to have to go with The Suicide Squad. For the sheer fact of the improvement that it was over the previous movie, I I mean, you know, we have to start somewhere. So getting
0: an F and improving to a D or a C is worthy of a top five list?
2: When you're a DC movie... Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, okay. They don't have a lot of places to start. And honestly, for me, this one really felt like it was a DC movie cupping from the Marvel school of score- storytelling. So, you know, it, it's an improvement. Any improvements, I'm going to try and give them credit. Honestly, I am. Because it was so for me, for me, it was so much better than the 2016 2017, somewhere around there. Version come on. I mean... It it
0: did actually have a storyline that... It had a
2: storyline that made sense for the most part, put an asterisk by that. I didn't mind, you know, the, the fight scenes were good. It needed help, don't get me wrong. It needed help in a few places, but it was at least watchable.
0: I will say this, which I'm sure Mo will get a kick out of. It was quite satisfying to see my least favorite Doctor Who be destroyed. (laughs) um my number four is one that came on amazon prime it is the tomorrow war and that stars uh chris pratt yvonne Stravosky, jk Simmons, i forgot about that betty gilpin um it i i saw the trailers either in the theater or on or on television and i was like okay i gotta figure out where it was i for whatever reason, I always forget about Amazon Prime. So when I didn't find it on Netflix and I didn't find it on Hulu and I didn't find it on HBO Max, I was like, the only thing left is Amazon Prime. So I went to Amazon Prime and I watched it. And for a futuristic um, alien creature movie where you're sending people who who um, are not going to die naturally, shall we say, to the future um to fight a war because there's an invasion of creatures that are basically wiping out the human population it was really good the fact i mean i don't know has everybody here watched it because i don't want to spoil it too much if you haven't but the fact that we get to see uh chris pratt's character play opposite of his first as his young daughter and then his grown daughter who is the going to be the person responsible for saving the planet it's it was it was great action great uh, cgi uh, interesting concept it was a fun it was a fun summer popcorn movie for me so it is my number three dan who do you i'm sorry it was my number four dan who do you have at number three uh, my number three is a movie I
3: uh, recently saw on Amazon Prime uh, based on the longstanding television show um, from the 90s, Neon Genesis Evangelion, the movie Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time on Amazon Prime. Uh, so I'm
0: pretty uh, sure uh, my oh. eyes glazed over. Are we sure this is an actual movie that was released a
3: thousand percent. It got a trailer. It got a, a theatrical or not, I'm sorry, not a theatrical release, an Amazon Prime release. Uh Mo, you can back me up on this. This is a this mm. is a movie that we've been waiting decades for.
2: Just just let them do their anime, Japanese animation thing. OK, and, I have found that I in, in if, my experience just let them do it. I okay? would like the record
0: show, I and I will make on. this. I will I make no this. Idea. I will make this noted for next year, <laughs> assuming that COVID is not here next summer. There will be no top five podcasts at the end of the year that involve streaming things from manga and anime. On a podcast about top five summer blockbuster movies. It is a blockbuster
2: it movie. It is a blockbuster movie. It's it's a blockbuster movie. In
0: which theater? In which it is the U.S. Movie. movie summer season? We are it not going I am saying fair. for the record not- show, you're getting away with it this year. But next year, we will ha- be having standard U.S. releases. I am not li- got a regular nah, trailer nah. with Amazon Prime if the Tomorrow War qualifies again, so does this. Once well, again, the exception is this year because of COVID. I'm giving you the warning now so that there are no excuses come next year. Ooh, just, you just keep keep it. going, Dan.
2: It's okay. It is fine. You know how huge these movies are not in America? Like you have no idea.
3: Even Dan, in America this one was on. big. You this go ahead. Like people waited decades for uh, the the television show. Oh gosh, I I could go on and on about um, the show, but Mo will probably be Please more. Please tell us edit. about
0: your movie. Anyway, that was so, not released in theaters here. Keep going.
3: It it got released on Amazon Prime. Same as Tomorrow War. Anyways, so this movie in particular uh, is the. Uh, fourth movie in this sort of uh, alternate universe to the television show uh, that was released. Every movie they they really up the stakes and stuff like that. Uh, the The main story is about a kid named Shinji who he's battling depression. His dad is emotionally distant and runs a corporation in charge of uh, protecting the world from. These uh, beings called angels that are coming down and killing everybody and all sorts of stuff. Um, And he essentially has to pilot a giant robot uh, and take down the angels. Well, now it's become more uh, militaristic and uh, Shinji's dad's actual plot of uh, human instrumentality where all beings on Earth will become essentially one hive mind and there won't be flaws or anything like that because you know, no one, there won't be war. There won't be conflict, anything like that, but you're also separating individuality. And so it's a lot of like the good characters trying to stop Shinji's dad, but also Shinji is a 14 year old boy. So he's also, and throughout the the series is struggling with like the same things. 14 year old boys struggle with, with like, Oh, Hey, look women. Oh, uh, you know, how do I interact with, you know, older women, women, my age, uh, how, how am I going to deal with, um, uh, you know, my, his mom died at a young age. So like that has a lot of framing to it. Um, there are, you know, his friends at school and then also saving the world and being forced to save the world and getting bullied for, you know, Oh, Hey, in that last fight, you hit a building and my sister ended up in the hospital. Like that's a real thing that happens. Um, so yeah, it is a, uh, a super good movie. Uh, based on the television series and based on the previous three movies, and it is a long-standing philosophical debate that people have been talking about for decades, and Mo is going to be doing a much better job uh, at recapping this movie. I guarantee it.
0: Mel, who do you have at number
2: three? My number three is also another Disney movie. It is Cruella! So I had been dying to see this and was very excited to see it, it was finally on Disney Plus And I was not disappointed. The outfits alone, y'all. I got my whole entire life. Okay? I enjoyed... Which one
0: are you wearing for Halloween is the question.
2: Hmm. Oh, there's... Hmm. Ah, it's really, I got to narrow it down. I got to narrow it down. There there are a ton of choices, but baby, Cruella was out there doing it. She was slaying the girls left and right, coming out of ambulances and all kinds of stuff. So I was living. Dump trucks. I really, yes. Oh, I really felt like um, Emma Stone did a good job portraying a younger version of Cruella because in the past we've always had an older version, shout out. Glenn Close, who was terrifying as a child. Um, but now that she's older, they made her younger and more modern. So I like that version. I also enjoyed um, more backstory on Cruella herself rather than, you know, her just being this evil woman who wants to skin Dalmatians. But hey, whatever. Um, this was a great update. I really enjoyed it. I hope they find a way to possibly keep it going because I would definitely watch. But it was. It was an event, honey. Cruella. Loved it.
0: Mo, who do you have at number three?
1: <laughs> so I'll be joining Dan in the Evangelion hole. <laughs> That's
0: right.
3: Fly me to the moon.
1: <laughs> so, so, and I think, honestly, I think Dan summarized the aspects of the story really well. Why, thank um, you,
0: Next. We, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> going into it. but but look, see, this is a cultural phenomenon. I mean, right. a, and and, Ava and cultural Kelly and-
0: phenomenon that I don't remember seeing an advertising Luke, advertisement for this Luke, past year. And Luke, I consume Luke, Luke, a lot of stuff.
1: Luke, Luke, look, you here's the thing. He he, here's the thing about Ava. Ava's been around. We go back to 1995. I was. You had to get bootleg anime, bootleg tapes of the T V series. I, that's how I Something watched.
0: bootleg is not a phenomena.
1: Hold on if it now, was Luke. a phenomena, it
0: would be mass produced.
1: Hold on, Luke. But that was back in the day before you it was the simultaneous broadcast. This is before I mean when the tapes, the the, the merchandise, you can still get the merchandise. I mean it is a global phenomenon. Eight, you let the Ray Ayunami fans come for you, Luke. Cause I tell you, you you go on Twitter and you go on, you start googling about Evangelion, and, and I you'll will do this.
0: I will do the same thing that I do with soap Twitter when they're showing out. I just ignore <laughs> it. I, but, I mean, I don't get involved. I'm just saying this is your one-off. You're getting your you're getting your one-off this year. No cartoons no, anymore, guys. No, no it's, not it's, carto- it's not that you it's said, a cartoon. No, it's, no, that it it's, it's, to a it's not that it's cartoon. it's that it needs to have a major North American domestic release. let keep
2: about going, this, y'all. But I will, it's but honestly, our cartoons, Jesus.
1: <laughs> but look, I will honestly say this will probably have been hitting the state simultaneously had it not been for covid this movie evangelion 3.0 uh plus 1.0 has been in the works we fans have been waiting for this movie for nearly a decade this te- this tetralogy this four part movie st- finale you know it, it is the culmination of what fans have been waiting for because they they hated absolutely hated how the the tv series ended they hated those original evangelion movies and to me this gave me the resolution that i craved this you know you've got and it's one of the things that dan didn't even touch upon is that, that with the character sinji not only is sinji dealing with the pressures of trying to save the world you know from the machinations of his father gendo akari but he also has this weird sexual attraction to a clone of his mother. who is yeah. his
0: that's, father That's interesting because when I try Googling this, the thing that comes up is a porn star.
1: I keep, <laughs> <I love> Jesus. <laughs> keep going, Mo. Let's wrap Let's this up and keep moving R- on. Right. I but I will I will say I will say this is that The animation is gorgeous. I mean, the angels, how these creatures are depicted, not only in this film, because you didn't have the technology 25 years ago. You didn't even have the technology, the colors, how how wonderful it just pops off your screen. And I really appreciate Amazon uh airing this not only just this film but it also had the other three films in the in this tetralogy as well that you could go back and and stream in preparation for watching this final movie and ironically I'll point this up Netflix has the original version you can go on Netflix and, and watch the 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 series plus those original films like I said Evangelion has been a worldwide phenomenon and that is why it's my number 3
0: I'm so happy for you. Coming in <clears throat> at number three for me is a movie that actually was released in theaters and is a worldwide phenomenon. Fast and the Furious 9. How could you not love this movie? It had every single element that we have come to expect from a Fast and the Furious movie. It had over the top stunts. It, the CGI was fantastic. The action was intense. But most of all, it's always about family. And it was, I believe, the, I can't remember which order it took place, but I'm pretty sure it was the first movie that I had back in theaters. After being vaccinated, I had to wait on Cruella for a little bit later because of some travel stuff. So Fast 9 ended up being the first one back. And it was a great movie to be able to go into the theater. There was hardly anybody there and just enjoy a movie in the theaters again. It was great. If you haven't watched it, you definitely should. Coming in at number two, Mel, who do you have?
2: Number two. Mortal Kombat! Come on as a child of the 90s there is not there are very few other video games for myself that topped Mortal Kombat so getting to see finally after what almost 20 years and some change maybe um another live action Mortal Kombat movie was amazing okay I have been waiting for so long and it did not disappoint. I enjoyed it so much. It was such a fun movie. I really, as Dan was saying, saying, you know, you get more of the backstory of Scorpion, you got more of Sub-Zero's backstory. But what I also like too, is that I had so many flashbacks of playing the game. All those scenes of Sub-Zero just whooping everybody's ass. That's exactly how he used to whoop my ass in the game. Okay. It's exactly what used to happen. I was like, oh, this is great. So many flashbacks of just playing the game on a Saturday morning, you know, nothing else to do. I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed um, getting to see a new character. I will admit he was not my favorite. But, hey, I got to see all my classic characters. We got to see actual moves and actual Um, components from the game, you know, all of their little special powers, their weapons, things like that. And that's really what you need to ask for in a video game movie. And with it being 20 years later, from the last version of a live action movie, the technology has come such a long way. I really, really hope that it gets another movie so we can go further into the games because this one pretty much had the classic characters from the original mortal kombat but i would love to see all the others from you know we're on what mortal kombat 12 now or something i don't know but i would love to see more movies with more characters i'm absolutely in enjoyed it so much
0: mo who do you have at number two
1: well luke i have a movie that was in theaters has been previously mentioned and that will be The Suicide Squad. Um, I have to say, I've and I've actually watched it not only in theaters, but also on HBO Max, because I really think that as what, what comic fans think of The Suicide Squad, this was much more of a distilled version of that. And I, I give a lot of credit to James Gunn, because we didn't have, like in the first... Uh, suicide squad we didn't have distractions like um the Joker <laughs> running around trying to eat up stuff we didn't have Batman but what we have is we had Margot Robbie uh, reprising her role as Harley Quinn serving really as the nice connective tissue between the the, the two films um we had, um, and i really really enjoyed uh Idris Elba as as Bloodsport and this version of Bloodsport was was kind of different than he was the, this version of of Bloodsport was he, he kind of borrowed some some aspects of um guy Will Smith's character from The First Suicide school, a dead Deadshot and but Idris Elba kind of made made this character his own, and um, and I know a lot of people had some problems with John Cena's Peacemaker, but you know, if you understand the kind of irony of what that character represents in comics, you know, this person who loves who loves um, peace so much that he goes to war, John Cena just, you know, embodies that character so personally, and is just such an asshole you know on film but do you and so- want to
0: watch the tv series after yes! seeing him yes i'm, I'm he, he he gave me no redeeming element which i would even want for an anti-hero as a lead
1: well see see and then but i don't but that that's the whole point of the suicide squad as it's been depicted the difference and,
0: and- though is if you're doing it with margot robbie's harley quinn there is always something likable about Harley Quinn. There is nothing likable about Peacemaker.
1: But but we're getting other characters like Vigilante, and so we don't know what kind of supporting characters we're going to get in this Peacemaker series. But I I think that if you if you've read like the John Ostrander Suicide Squad comics, particularly uh, you know that run from the 80s and the early 90s, you know, his vision of Peacemaker, his vision, this vision of the Suicide Squad, they're not necessarily likable people. I'm not Amanda saying Waller th- is not a likable
0: person. No, Amanda Waller is not a likable person. I'm just saying if you are going, it's one thing to have an hour and a half movie and be able to have a, a character that comes off as one note and unlikable like he did. It's an entirely different one to have six season episode, eight season episode, 12 season episode, whatever the order ends up being. And have the character be first introduced in the movie as such an unlikable character. If they had started out with the TV series and introduced him as a TV series and may have had the opportunity to expand on that character a little bit and make it so that there was some kernel of likability in him. ...in the series, so that when he appeared in The Suicide Squad, him being an asshole wasn't completely out of the, like, the realm of what he's supposed to be, but you already had some sort of positive feeling toward him. That would be entirely different if the series had come before the movie, but to try and introduce a character in a movie as wholly unlikable and then translate that into a TV series the only diehards that are going to watch that are really heavy-duty DC or possibly wrestling fans. The other people will just be turned off by an unlikable character. I feel like you're shooting yourself in the foot in terms of PR.
1: Well, you know, I again, I think that it has a lot going... But you hit the nail on the head. It's going to be hardcore DC fans and wrestling fans. And, you know, I'm not going to offend anybody, but I'm going to say, you know... You know they like a good heel. I mean, and and I have to say, you know, in they're gonna people are gonna come watch the Uber violence. They're gonna want to see what James Gunn does because James Gunn is working on and has been working on this Peacemaker series, and that it's going to be, you know, James Gunn Unchained by not being, you know, trapped in the PG-13 restrictions that he's gotten with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I, I. I I have a feeling that, you know, people are gonna really gravitate towards this because it is gonna be somewhat different than what we've gotten before. And I, I'm 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 interested to ride along. It's not from my understanding, it's a mini it's a quote unquote mini series. So we don't know what that means. So it, I can't
0: believe I'm about to say this. But my, Marvel's Iron Fist, whose lead character was wholly unlikable, it was a stupid, shittiest series, still had an actor and a character that had likable moments, even though he was pretty much an asshole the entire time.
1: Okay, but, but again, you're judging, you're judge again, you know, Iron Fist, that character had two seasons and we've gotten you know a two-hour film with Peacemaker. we haven't got all I mean, i'm saying
0: is the strategy of really introducing this character in the movie first is a bad one in
1: my opinion okay okay right, we'll just leave it there
0: <laughs> any other comments on suicide squad
1: no i don't
0: okay dan who do you have at number two at number two,
3: I have uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, I I thought it was a fantastic film. I I really liked the cinematography, the effects, the core, the the choreography was absolutely stunning. I I've always been a fan of martial arts films and martial arts and uh, television shows, and you know, the, not. Uh, sort of toot my own horn, but the, you know, the Power Rangers background, uh, it, it sort of comes with the territory of, you know, just a deep appreciation of martial arts. Uh, so the film for me was just everything I could possibly hope for. Uh, I didn't know a ton about the characters themselves heading into the film. Uh, I just, I really liked the trailer. I really liked the idea of, a martial artist being uh, inserted into the MCU. Uh, I, I found the film incredibly powerful as it depicted, you know, generational trauma, uh, you know, parental conflict, finding oneself. It, it was all really well acted, well written. Uh, it, I, I couldn't get enough of it. I didn't even mind a lot of people, uh, a lot of people that were critical of the film uh, didn't really like the dragon. Uh, I thought it was fine. I thought they did a great job uh, with the CGI and, and utilizing the technology and stuff like that. I didn't see an issue, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the the film.
0: Coming in at number two for me is the film that Dan just mentioned, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the latest um, in the in well not incarnation, but the latest addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The cinematography was stunning. The score was wonderful. I, the rope work in terms of the action scenes was fantastic. The story of the family was heartbreaking. And and it was also one of those things where I wanted them to be able to somehow save their father, even though I knew it was unlikely that's how much I enjoyed the fact that, as adults, they were reconnecting. The actress who played the sister, sometimes I couldn't see emotion on her face, so she was—of all the the familial characters in the, in the storyline, I had the most trouble connecting with her just because I didn't quite see the emotion— but maybe that was what was intended because she was the one who had the, who had to basically chart her own way as, and escape her father as a child on her own without the help of her brother. Aquafina was amazing as always. Um This is definitely a top five Marvel movie for me. It's going to help or it's going to cause me to have to realign my Marvel Cinematic Universe rankings. I'm not sure where exactly it will fall, but I enjoyed it immensely. Coming in at number one, Mo, who do you have?
1: I have Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, For me, this was my favorite film of the summer i i would want to say it's probably going into the summer it was definitely one of the ones that was mo- i was most looking forward to and i was really impressed with how much it felt like a summer blockbuster movie and it could have been that even with even without the trappings of the MCU. It felt like the story of Shang-Chi could have held its own. It didn't. And, and honestly, I, unless you had the Mandarin, Abomination, Wong, I, you really kind of forgot that you were in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What I was very impressed with how they sort of married the different versions of the character that we've gotten in comics and in other writings over the years. I was Im- Im- impressed, and I-, I like how this film took on the legacy of things like the Mandarin and so forth, and it- it- a very funny sequence um, in-, in-, in which uh, Shang-Chi's father is like, you know, they call me many names, um, the Mandarin, and so he's like, you know, who would be afraid of orange chicken, you know? And and I love it. I love how they just attacked attacked that that issue because I was really curious about how how are they gonna how are they gonna handle it? And I think they've done it in such a beautiful way that. This is like Dan said. This is a story about generational trauma. It's mixed in with so much, in addition to you know the great fight sequences and so forth. Um, Luke, as you mentioned, Aquafina, how impressive she was is, is caddy. I, you know, for me, I just, i really up until now, I, you know, I'd seen like Aquafina was in one of the Ocean's movies, and she was very much a comedian, but. I'm curious to see more Aquafina in the in the uh, Marvel MCU. I think I'm curious to see what what Caddy will bring. You know, when when she when she meets you know up with Doctor Strange for real, and and, and when she appears did, with Captain Marvel. So did
0: you did you leave that film wondering whether or not she should be a romantic interest for him or remain just his best friend? Because I was very conflicted walking out of the movie with that.
1: You know, I was sort of conflicted about whether or not Shang-Chi and Caddy should be a a couple um, at the end of the film. And part of me feels like, well, let's just see how things develop. Part of me realizes that Marvel, the MCU films, they're not really good at couples.
0: I mean... I feel like she's the new Pepper Potts. I wouldn't go... In terms of like in terms of like i feel like if they do end up romantic it's going to be eight movies from now
1: you know i wouldn't I, well i don't know i mean with the way disney renegotiating them contracts you may not have eight films so um i i say let's see what they do at the second one i'm and, and i'm obviously assuming that there will be a second one i mean they'd be foolish not to have an additional um film and and my god they really did set this up. One of the other things is their interpretation of the actual rings themselves which I think was while they were slightly generic sort of energy-based rings which is very different than if you know your iron man comics and so forth the the 10 rings of the mandarin are these different power rings with these different um different powers i think visually it it makes for a cool I think also I think that in terms of just you know we need a new kind of I mean you can't go back to do rings after the infinity gauntlet I mean so I I really think that this this movie uh, stands on its own. in addition to the other and fits really well into the other aspects of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm curious to see, you know, Shang-Chi and and Caddy become, you know, part of whatever this new Avengers team is going to be. And I look forward to rewatching it when it hits Disney plus in a couple months.
0: Dan, number one for you. Number one for me is fast night.
3: F9 did everything that I would hope. It was my first movie back in the theaters, uh, you know, and I just, I couldn't have asked for more. Uh, it was such a good adventure. I I Vin Diesel can do no wrong, in my opinion, in these films. Uh, they did a fantastic job. I love Tyrese, love Ludacris, love Michelle Rodriguez. Seeing Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez kick so much butt and have these impactful conversations and scenes together was really, really cool. The return of, uh, Sung Kang's Han was, I, I, I've been, I mean, we as like a collective internet have been begging for justice for Han ever since he was killed, uh, during fast or furious seven, but also Tokyo drift because timeline, uh, Yeah. No, I loved seeing him back. I, you know, it was interesting to see John Cena and how he fits into the universe. I think I'm going to need one more movie before I put together a decision, but I did really like the the brief moments that he and Jordana Brewster's Mia had, uh, as well as some uh, filling in some of the backstory uh, with Dom and their dad. And just these powerful character moments, because we don't necessarily get to go into that deep of a character with the character of Dominic Toretto, but getting to go in that direction was, it. I think he did a great job. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for the next film. I I don't know what heights they'll achieved next since they've been to space now They literally
0: went to space this time yeah they literally took like what a ford focus
3: into space with Tej and roman and and they went through a satellite without exploding right
2: holy spoiler alert batman
0: mel who do you have at number
2: one My number one comes from the horror world. It is The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, I am a big fan of The Conjuring movies because I think they are still one of the few horror movies that are still around. I think American-based horror movies, I will say that, um, that are genuinely scary. Um, So that's why I continue to watch them. The third girl run was no... Um, different than the others i will say it was still scary um the f- opening scene is full odd possession so that's how you open a movie uh of course the story follows ed and lorraine warren lorraine was a medium uh she recently passed away which is very sad but it follows their tales over the years this go around um they were following a young boy who had been possessed um they uh, do their thing they try to you know exercise said demon from the little boy the demon ends up jumping into a young man and after that literally all hell breaks loose okay um lorraine who was very strong in her day um you know always does her best to try and communicate to try and get to the bottom of things uh i love The team of Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, they do a great job as Ed and Lorraine and Patrick Wilson, who I think really has found his niche in horror, which is interesting because he's been around for a really long time. So the both of them together as Ed and Lorraine, I love it every time. In this movie, poor Ed, Ed got his ass handed to him left and right, but it was really great uh i do enjoy that whole universe the conjuring universe i cannot watch the only movies i can't watch are the um animal movies because i don't like dolls that's just a preference i can't stand them i'm not watching that shit but everything else i love um conjuring 3 was great i can't see can't wait to see what they come up with next for the next go around because you know there has to be another movie somewhere so horror fans if you're out there you gotta be please check it out it was great
0: Coming in at number one for me is a movie that has been mentioned already. It's also one of the things that I plan on buying myself for Christmas. One of the two things. I want a Sonos Rome and I want a DVD edition of Cruella. Cruella was epic. She is the new supervillain that I didn't know I needed, who has amazing fashion, sharp wit, cutting um, ca- cutting. Action, stealth, divaness. it's all there. Loved every single minute of Cruella. I'm Mel summarized a lot of it when she talked about Cruella, but I want to bring up one thing that wasn't mentioned, which is Emma Thompson as the Baroness. Oh my God. Emma Thompson playing the villain who you weren't sure if she was a villain, but then you found out that she's a villain, was flawless. Emma Stone playing opposite of her; those two going toe to toe was the rivalry I didn't know I needed. The fact that we got the backstory to her henchmen and how they end up driving the truck for uh, that is in the animated movies was fantastic the fact that we got to see her evolution from a child and how she was into fashion and how she grew up and matured was great i loved every single thing about this movie i intend on getting it on on dvd it's sort of like kylie minogue has a record or reba has a record rather than just stream it on spotify i'll also buy it just to support the actor or the singer I feel like I need to buy Corella on Blu-ray so that I can support this movie and maybe get a sequel as Mel suggested. So that is my number one pick for the summer. 2021 on that note we'd encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com follow us on twitter twitter.com slash gkconfidential like us on facebook facebook.com slash gkconfidential also you can join our facebook group um which if the easiest way to find that is the link in the menu at geekconfidential it will take you to the facebook group where you can join the discussion we all of us post random um new stories and other topics that we want to discuss throughout the week and so we're just creating a little community where we like to chat about some of our favorite things. So join us there. You can find Mel on Twitter at MelodyAkles. Dan is real Dan Pierce and Mo is Dr. Mo77, correct? Correct. And you can find me at Luke underscore Kerr. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Fly
3: me to the moon. Hi <laughs> y'all.
2: Bye. Y'all. Bye.